Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to thepetecalendarshow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Happy Thursday. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. It's the Pete Callender Show. Coincidentally enough, I'm your host, Pete Callender. And uh, 1-800-WBT-1110. If you'd like to send an email, you can shoot one over to Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Again, coincidentally enough. And you can hit me up on the Twitter machine at Pete Callender. We have some breaking news as I start the program. BuzzFeed announces that it is going to shut down. Oh, wait, hold your applause. All right, first off, I do not, I, I, I never celebrate people losing their jobs. I have been in that position. It's it's an awful feeling when you are told that the, the gig is coming to an end uh, or the plant is closing or something, and uh, everything that you know, like your whole sense of normal, has just been blown up. And there's, I mean, there is real, I mean, I know this term is overused, but there is, there's like, a, there's a trauma. I'm not saying it's like traumatic, like to the point where it's debilitating, but there is a trauma that is there. Um, it, it's, it's hard, it's painful, but through that challenge, right? I think that you kind of overcome. And I like to think that I'm a good example of this in that, uh, I mean, I've been released, let's say, uh, from, uh, two different gigs at radio stations one of them was this one <laughs> uh like over a decade ago um and then one up in Asheville every job has a shelf life just want to say every job has a shelf life i don't take it personally unless somebody says i don't like you pete uh and so i'm going to fire you unless they say that it's it's not it wasn't personal none, none of my uh releases have ever been personal they were budgetary um and that's what's happening with BuzzFeed. Now, that being said, BuzzFeed is terrible. Um, they always have been. They started off with their listicles. Remember, they would do like the you know, top 10 list of this or top 10 list of that. And um, here are the 22 reasons why and that sort of thing. And then they got into news coverage. And remember, they were the ones that printed the Steele dossier, which, which then gave every other media outlet license to print about the steel dossier because well you know buzzfeed reported it right so when buzzfeed set the the ethical standard you know at the level of the mud puddle then everybody else was like well i guess that's where we are so i have no love for buzzfeed but i can also sympathize with people that are being you know let go now, that being said, some of the reactions to this news are pretty hilarious. Jack, what's his name here? I can never pronounce his name. Posobiec, 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 I don't know. Uh, but Jack says, well, Biden did say that he would eliminate cancer. <laughs> All right, it was. That is a fair point. That's a fair point. Um of course, there are the calls for the uh, the BuzzFeeders to now go learn to code. And 
Uh, because remember, that is what the journalists, many of whom worked at BuzzFeed, told uh, blue-collar workers when their jobs were getting shut down that they need to go learn to code. And then when reporters started getting the axe and tech companies started getting the uh, uh, employees started getting the axe, um, and then a lot of people on social media, many of them blue-collar workers, were then telling reporters to learn to code. And then, of course, that got shut down. Uh, Twitter started banning that because, you know, it's it's different when we do it to you. Like, we're just being helpful in our patronizing sort of way. Like, w- w- as we, yes, from our from our protected perches of supremacy up here, like, and superiority, we like, we tell you learn to code. We're being helpful. We're trying to give you some advice. You telling us to learn to code after we get fired is totally different, and that's just being mean to us, don't you see? Um, also, uh, there is this, um, oh, then there was somebody else here, uh, who said, I forget what his name was here. I lost. Oh, here it is. Uh, yeah. Tim Dillon, who is, he's a stand up comic. Okay. So this makes sense then why he's cutting jokes at uh, the expense of Buzzfeed. He said, here are the top 10 reasons why I don't care about Buzzfeed news going under. That's, that's fair. Uh, something else also, uh, the test rocket that, uh, Elon Musk's company tried to launch and then it blew up and then everybody's like, oh, in your face, Elon. And yeah, I do want like, are you aware of what a test rocket does? That's kind of the whole point is to is to blow them up. I mean, no, it's not the whole point. The whole point is to launch them. But you're going to blow up a lot of these things in the process. That's the idea is you find out what works and what doesn't. So everybody that's like pointing to this as some sort of epic failure so all is lost there's no point to him doing this anymore it's kind of like well no that's this is how you learn and this is again like this is to the point of uh of failing right failing is a learning opportunity do i have this in the stack of stuff i i don't know if i do i don't know if i do i don't think i do i think i think i'll get to it tomorrow darn it See, I covered it, I did it last night in my live stream, and I'm like, oh, it's such a good topic. But it's this whole, this adulting issue. Classes are being held in colleges, adulting 101. And they're trying to teach kids basic life skills, like changing a flat tire, stuff like that. Because kids aren't learning it. So we'll get, all right, we'll do that tomorrow. Like I've got all of the show prep. It's just in a different stack and, and where I wanted to go. But I saw the, the the developing stories here. So I wanted to give you the heads up on this stuff. Also, uh, the Congress just passed or the House just passed, I should say, a bill protecting girls sports, which is not, of course, how the media frames it. The media frames it as the left frames it because, you know, media. And so they uh, they frame it as, you know, this uh, this prohibition on transgender uh, athletes Uh, As an attack on the athletes, it's a negative framing. The House just passed this bill that would prohibit transgender girls from playing in girls' sports. You know, the the positive way to say that would be that the House voted to, right, protect girls' athletics from male participation. But they won't say that because that would be adopting – Language that is not of the left, it's, it, it undermines the narrative that the left advances. So that's also happening. Um, but then yesterday, uh, late in the afternoon, there was a, a bombshell report 
And I believe it was first broken by the Wall Street Journal and then confirmed by Fox News. But John Solomon at JustTheNews.com, he's got a very lengthy write-up on this, and he's gotten it confirmed as well, which is that a decorated supervisory IRS agent has reported to the Justice Department's top watchdog that federal prosecutors appointed by Joe Biden have engaged in, quote, preferential treatment and politics to block criminal tax charges against Hunter Biden. And I got to tell you, I am as shocked as you are that the Biden administration might not be interested in making sure that the Biden investigation continues (laughs) unabated. (laughs) They might be a little worried. They might have a bit of a vested interest, right? Just, Just a little bit. Maybe a conflict? Maybe. This whistleblower is providing evidence that conflicts with Attorney General Merrick Garland's recent testimony to Congress that the decision to bring charges against Biden was being left to the Trump-appointed U.S. Attorney for Delaware. Okay, so uh, here's the chronology, right? You've got uh, the uh, you, the appointment of the U.S. Attorney uh, from uh, uh, Delaware. He's a Trump holdover. And he's he's put in charge of this investigation. Merrick Garland then says, oh, he can bring any charges he wants. He's totally free to do whatever he needs to do. And this IRS agent knows that's not true and then goes and becomes a whistleblower. According to the letter from his attorney, Mark Lytle, obtained by Just the News, the IRS agent revealed that he is seeking to provide detailed disclosures about a high-profile, sensitive case to the tax writing committees in Congress, the tax writing committees, that's where he's going, which they have special authority under federal tax privacy laws to receive that information. And that could pave the way to share the details with other committees. But this is going to happen in coming weeks. The letter does not state that the whistleblower disclosure is related to Hunter Biden. It does not say that. But Just the News has independently confirmed the agent's allegations involve the Hunter Biden probe being led by Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, a Trump holdover. That, according to multiple interviews with people directly familiar with the matter. In a letter yesterday to Republicans and Democrats overseeing multiple oversight committees in Congress, this whistleblower's attorney said the protected disclosures, one, contradict sworn testimony to Congress by a senior political appointee, that's Merrick Garland. Number two, it involves failure to mitigate clear conflicts of interest in the ultimate disposition of the case. And three, it details examples of preferential treatment and politics improperly infecting decisions and protocols that would normally be followed by career law enforcement professionals in similar circumstances if the subject was not politically connected. Again, I am as shocked as you are that Hunter Biden might be getting sent, especially under this administration. Um, uh, I mean, of all administrations, right? All right, News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. Uh, Tom has been waiting here, so let me get Tom on. He's on a previous topic, but I'll I'll get him on the air here. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the show. Hey, Pete. How are you doing? Hey, I I'm good. Trans, I see transgenders back in the news. And I'm amazed at the people who think that's a real term or situation because I can't get a definition of it that seems to fit. You can't 
change your gender. So it's an absurd word. So are, are, are you are you asking this question, but you know the answer? That like you do you do understand why the term is being used, but you're framing it like a question, or are you actually asking? I don't know, Pete. I mean, what is your definition of what transgender? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there are competing definitions of the term because you cannot change your biological sex. It is an impossibility. But the term transgender is uh, just like cisgender. These are terms that have been uh, pushed into our vocabulary in order to normalize this concept that uh, gender is a uh, is an identity that you can change and that you can adopt something else and. Uh, people who have this, uh, uh, you know, they're they're suffering from uh, dysphoria, gender dysphoria, uh, and then they maybe have body dys, uh, dysmorphia, and so uh, that's why they would try to change their body to meet their idea. In other words, they can mutilate themselves, but they still can't change their gender. But my question also is, if you say, I get confused when someone says transgender female, is that a guy who thinks he's a girl or yes. a girl who thinks he's a guy? The, so when they say transgender female, the key is the female part. Because you can't think of it this way, right? What's the biggest insult you can lob at someone who is, they claim to be transgender? What, what's the biggest insult, right? Is to say that they are not that thing that they say they are, which is why you never hear the reporters calling people who are transgender. They won't call them like Leah Thomas, born a biological male identifies as a female, swims against the girls, beats all the girls in the swim meets, right? Leah Thomas is a transgender female because you have to call Leah Thomas a female. You can't, you could never say Leah Thomas is a transgender male. So you just remember, reporters are always deferring to the narrative of the left. It's insane. It's absurd. Yeah. Well, I mean, welcome to, a, uh, welcome to modern America. Yes. Tom, thank you for the call, sir. I appreciate it. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Pete Callender Show. 704-570-1110. 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is pete at thepetecallendershow.com. Uh, I do have a couple of messages, in in fact, here. One is from Brett, who says, Pete, um, I hope that this IRS whistleblower guy knows that he is now on the uh, Clinton suicide watch list. It's just a joke, people. This IRS agent is the uh, whistleblower. Don't know his name yet, but he is called a decorated supervisory IRS agent. He alleges that the Department of Justice is thwarting criminal prosecution of Hunter Biden. The IRS agent 
according to John Solomon's report at justthenews.com, has a sterling record investigating tax crimes across the globe, including work on high-profile Swiss bank prosecutions, which, I mean, well, okay, that's that's not really that impressive. I mean, those things, the Swiss banks usually have holes that are so big in them that you could just... Anyway. Uh, he has also won several merit awards. The whistleblower originally approached the IRS's internal watchdog and Congress late last year with the help of prominent Democrat lawyer Mark Zaid, Z-A-I-D, or Zaid. This Democrat lawyer previously represented clients whose allegations about a call with the Ukrainian president led to Donald Trump's first impeachment in 2019. So I'm guessing that was Alexander Vindman, right? That's who this guy was originally using. The agent then subsequently hired another lawyer named Lytle, a former federal prosecutor with significant experience in prosecuting complex tax matters with the Justice Department's tax division. Because this is a tax-related issue. This guy is out of the IRS, and so he's seeing things that are in violation of IRS tax law, and... He's also seeing that attempts to prosecute or move forward with these violations by Hunter Biden are being blocked by the DOJ. So he gets a lawyer here who's got expertise in the uh, on the tax side of things. This lawyer, Lytle, also represented the former head of Twitter's trust and safety division, Yoel Roth, in his recent congressional testimony. He is currently defending a former FBI supervisor named Timothy Tybalt, who has been accused of pro-Biden political bias in anonymous whistleblower disclosures to the offices of Senators Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson, as well as House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan. Okay, so this guy, this lawyer for this whistleblower, not exactly a right-wing kook, right? He told lawmakers in his letter that the IRS agent has disclosed his concerns to both the Treasury Department's Inspector General for Tax Administration and the Justice Department's Inspector General, a fellow by the name of Michael Horowitz, the same guy who unmasked FBI abuses during the Russia collusion case. People directly familiar with the case have described the disclosures to justthenews.com as focused primarily on improper politicization of the case at the Justice Department and FBI headquarters rather than at the IRS or Treasury Department. So once again, it's coming from Justice Maine, right? Once again, it's like every single time. It's this same group of people at Justice Maine. Specifically, This whistleblower agent has provided evidence that at least two DOJ political appointees in the U.S. attorney's offices have declined to seek a tax indictment against Hunter Biden, despite career investigators recommending that they do so. And the blessing of career prosecutors in the DOJ tax division. So all so for people have been who have been asking Why haven't charges been filed yet? It is obvious what has occurred, right? The the, the evidence is conclusive at this point. That's just out in the public sphere, right? There's stuff that we know about with Hunter Biden that 
the IRS implications are are obvious. And so uh, they've already gotten the blessing of the DOJ career prosecutors in the tax division, DOJ. They've gotten um, uh, they've gotten the go ahead from investigators. The investigators are recommending that you pursue charges. But U.S. attorney's offices have declined to seek the indictment. Well, does that mean it's the U.S. attorney in Delaware, the Trump holdover, the guy that's been in charge, this uh, fellow by the name of uh, Weiss, what's his name, David, uh, Delaware U.S. attorney David Weiss. So is that him? Is he the obstacle? Well, he was a Trump holdover. They allege, this whistleblower alleges that Weiss told agents on the case that he was asked, um, or sorry, that he asked to be named a special counsel. This is what he told the agents. He said, I have requested that I be named a special counsel so I can have more independent authority in the probe. But he has been refused. They will not give him that authority to be special counsel. The agent, the whistleblower, also alleged that specific DOJ employees placed strictures, so I guess restrictions, on questions, as well as witnesses and tactics that investigators are allowed to uh, pursue that could impact President Biden. Oh, okay. So you're 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 putting up you're putting up these guardrails to say, okay, you're only going to look at Hunter. Okay, well, we have this email that says 10% for the big guy. Pay no attention to the email that says 10% for the big guy. That is not what you are supposed to be looking at. You are supposed to be looking at only this one piece of paper right here. That's it. There are all these other pieces of paper, but you don't look at those. The sources said that the agent's decision to blow the whistle was prompted by sworn testimony from U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland. What did he say in this testimony? Well... He told Congress that the U.S. attorney, David Weiss from Delaware, had full authority, that he had full authority to pursue a case against Hunter Biden, and he could do it in any part of the country, and that he was free from political pressure. And that, according to the whistleblower, was not true, is not true. Garland knew it wasn't true. I'll give you evidence of that in a moment. All right. Now, given the state of affairs in our country and the world, are you asking yourself whether you're prepared for an emergency? I actually get asked this a lot. My answer, start at Carolina Readiness Supply, 2,000 square feet of supplies, the full line of Augustine Farms and Mountain House Foods, books, water purifiers, lighting, tools, first aid kits, camping and hiking supplies. Being prepared is just smart. Whether you're an experienced prepper or you have no clue what you're doing or somewhere in between, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. In Waynesville and online at CarolinaReadiness.com, get tickets to the Heritage Life Skills event also. Make a day trip to the mountains and return home fully prepared. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Charlotte. Okay. Um, so this whistleblower in the IRS, uh, he has gone to a couple of the independent, uh, or sorry, the inspector generals inside uh, a couple different uh government agencies uh one of them is the irs one of them is the doj and that's horowitz michael horowitz's team they have conducted an extensive debrief of this irs agent they have reviewed documents purporting to corroborate his claims and the horowitz team is purportedly in process of seeking out other 
law enforcement witnesses from both the IRS and the FBI who can back up parts of his story. One of the issues key to this IRS whistleblower's concerns involves which U.S. attorney's office has the authority to bring the criminal charges against Hunter Biden and where those would be filed. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess maybe it's got something to do with forum shopping. I don't know. The whistleblower says that the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney from Delaware, David Weiss, could not legally bring charges in Delaware because of where Hunter Biden lived at the time that his tax returns were filed. Weiss, the U.S. attorney, needs the permission of Biden-appointed U.S. attorneys in other districts to bring the charges outside of Delaware. And there are two of these U.S. attorneys that have been appointed by Joe Biden, and they are refusing. And therein lies the problem. Right? So so the Biden DOJ says, oh, yeah, we're, we're going to appoint, look, a Trump holdover, U.S. attorney David Weiss. He's going to lead this investigation. But he doesn't have the jurisdiction to bring the charges because the the uh, the residences were not in Delaware. The offenses did not occur in Delaware. And so he doesn't have jurisdiction to bring charges. So then he goes to his colleagues, these other USDAs, and says, hey, need you to bring these charges. And they're like, nah, no. So when Merrick Garland goes and testifies in front of Congress last month and tells the uh, tells Senate uh, was it Judiciary uh, Chuck Grassley, Chairman Senator Jack, uh, Chuck Grassley, who's like big time whistleblower guy, right? Big time advocate, protector of the whistleblowers, wrote the law, like literally wrote the law <laughs> about the whistleblowing. And Merrick Garland says that the U.S. Uh, uh, yeah, U.S. Attorney rather uh, that the U.S. Attorney David Weiss has full authority to bring charges in any district he needed. And that was not true. And that's what tripped the trigger for this IRS supervisory agent. He saw that and it got his dander up, which I don't even know what that means. What's a dander? What does it mean when it gets up? But it got up. Merrick Garland had said, quote, if it's in another district, he would have to bring the case in another district. But as I said, I promise to ensure that he's able to carry out his investigation and that he'd be able to run it. And if he needs to bring it in another jurisdiction, he will have full authority to do that. But he doesn't have full authority to do it. He doesn't. And these other U.S. attorneys are blocking him from doing so. Um, The Department of Justice's inspector general has deemed that the agent's allegation to be credible and serious enough to gather and preserve the corroborating documents, as well as to seek witnesses. IRS cases involving uncharged defendants are covered by extraordinary privacy protections under the law, even when a person has acknowledged that he is under tax investigation. Okay, so that adds this other layer into it. They have an added protection. The administration has this added protection because it's a tax case. However... These tax secrecy laws explicitly authorize disclosures 
to committees in Congress that have jurisdiction over tax law, such as House Ways and Means and the Senate Finance Committee. Both received the letter from the whistleblower's lawyer asking for an invitation to testify to both sides of the political aisle about the controversy, right? Senate controlled by Democrats, House controlled by Republicans. The lawyer for the whistleblower sent a letter to both sides, to both chambers, and said, hey, I would like for this guy to come testify in front of both of you so you can all hear his story. We'll follow developments. Oh, have you heard about the secret Chinese police departments they've been setting up? I'm sure it's nothing. <laughs>